Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Patina. I'm Conrad Tolf. And today we're going to continue the series of demonology. And Conrad has told me he's been reading spooky things. And he has a new series for us. So, uh, awesome stuff. I can't wait to get into that. I have a uh, story. I don't know. Hopefully we have time to get into But yeah, I wanted to start with you, Con. Um, you, did I hear you right? You said you had some Japanese or was it Japanese, Japanese and Asian? Asian. Uh, there's some of them. Asian um but I, I was just I just kept looking and looking and the majority of the ones that I could find were Japanese so I don't know if that just means that the Japanese have a lot of demons or if just that they're more recorded or they're more on the internet or something I don't know but I did find a lot of Asian um demons sure. and some of them um there's stories about these demons that uh, would stretch across um multiple different um nations uh two of them that come to my mind um they're, it's like they're they're types they're, they're closer to ghosts that I would think of but they called them demons um, or evil spirits you know right. there's a there's a lot of if you if you look at a lot of things that are oriental you'll find that there is something about them that the, the you'll you'll find an odd decoration you'll be like ah oh, what's that and it seems as though to me half the time the answer is it's to scare away demons or it's to confuse demons or it's some way a ward against demons so I you know, like, you know, the, the shingled roof that they have in the Orient, how it has waves, right? Mm -hmm. That's to confuse demons. And you'll, you'll notice that a lot of bridges, old Oriental bridges, are not straight across. They are rounded. And that is also to confuse demons. They're rounded? Yeah, yeah. They, they bulge upwards in the center. Interesting. How does that confuse the demons? Uh, it's not straight. Curved things somehow confuses demons. Okay. Or at least doesn't attract demons. So demons can only be linear. I, I don't. I don't really know the, the whole. That's the just whole the thing lore. About them. But <clears throat> there, there's two um, that I was, I was um, two of the demons stories that go across multiple countries. Um, is these these evil spirits are oftentimes mm. um, the soul of someone who's died who is still around. So closer to what I would think of as a ghost. But it's not a ghost like we would think of as ghosts where they're entirely spirit and they're like apparitions that float through things. These demons, evil spirits that they have in the Orient are physical. They have actual bodies that can be touched. Okay. <clears throat> so, two of them that stretch, uh, I found stories that are the, you know, it's the same spirit that can be found in Japanese culture as well as Chinese culture and uh, Thai and Taiwanese, uh, Filipino, I guess. One of them uh, is of a, a woman that is found 
under a banana tree. Okay. And she's an abandoned woman. She it would be it's the soul of an abandoned woman who was left by their lover after they found that they were with child and that they abandoned them and left them to die. And then after they died with their child, they have their their spirit remains and they live inside they're tied to the banana tree. I don't know why the banana tree is significant. I'm sure that there is some reason why the banana tree is significant. Mm-hmm. But the this is a more modern one because it includes lottery tickets. Um, people in um, – this part wasn't part of the Japanese uh, story as far as I could find. But in the uh, Taiwanese story, if you found a woman like this, you could um, surround the tree – with uh, uh, put needles into the banana tree the trunk and tie a red string to that tree and then stretch that string all the way back to your home and if you tied it to your bedpost when you slept at night the woman would speak to you i think in your dreams or something and you could make a bargain with her that um the the needles would be bothering her so she would do something for you if you could if you would remove those needles and mm. what and the Taiwanese thing would be you would get uh, the lot winning lottery ticket number <laughs> interesting but if you didn't uphold your end of the deal she would come and brutally murder you in different ways Jesus yeah I don't know why she doesn't just skip and do the first part you know just start with the hey I'm going to brutally murder you because you are annoying my tree sure. but because if you read a lot of the other ones, they get pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, for instance, there is one of these spirits that is of a, a woman who her spirit haunts the women's restroom. I don't know exactly why, but I'm pretty sure that almost all of these ones where the the evil spirit is a woman or the spirit of a now deceased woman, almost all of them tie back to this theme of a woman being abandoned or reproached or rebuffed or something like that um so this woman will wait in the bathroom and if she appears to you she'll ask you if you want a red cloak or a blue cloak and if you ask for a blue coat she will strangle you to death and your body will turn blue or in some other cultures, uh, that was the Japanese version, if in other cultures, she will bleed you out and cause you to turn blue. If you ask for a red cloak, she will rip the skin off your back, making it look as though you have a red cloak. In um, the Filipino version, if um, you ask for a red cloak, she will slice you into ribbons. And if you don't answer her question, she'll just take you to hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a lot of the stories that i find are tend to be more towards the latter where it's just a spirit that will brutally murder you for some reason and there's just no rhyme or reason to it mm-hmm. so i'm kind of surprised as to why the woman with the needle in the trees just doesn't start out with the i will brutally murder you seems logical right so uh there's one story i found um oh this one's a little off from the norm uh, ghost pigs. I don't know what causes them, but they're a bunch of piglets that run in a pack. I don't remember what you call a group of piglets, but there's like a special name for it. Uh, they will run together. They will be missing one ear and they won't cast a shadow. 
And if they run, they will chase you. And if they catch you and run between your legs, they will snatch your soul from your body. Now, I don't know what the prognosis of having your soul snatched from you does, but I'm guessing it's not a good thing. There's water spirits. These ones are not human at all. So I'm guessing they're not women who were abandoned, but didn't, didn't quite specify. They will drown you. They'll just come up. If you're crossing a bridge, they'll snatch you off the bridge and drown you. It, no motivation given. They just drown people. Hmm. Um, a woman wearing a red dress is another way that um, a lot of these uh, evil spirits will appear to you. Really? A woman wearing a wet, wet, red dress is typically because if a woman is murdered, her family will put her into a red dress before she is buried, and then she will come and find you, the murderer and kill them. <coughs> wow. Um... Uh, oh, <laughs> a, uh, <clears throat> so th these ones right here um, are do not follow the trend. I'm going to get to all the trend ones later. I'm saving them for the end because, boy, they are interesting to read right in a row. Um, Alrighty. There's uh, a special type of ghost that has a name, and I'm not going to try and pronounce these names because I will I'll ruin them. But just know that this particular type of ghost has a name, and it hangs out where they died. And there's a subclass of these uh, type that... Um, is got its own name if uh, it hangs out in the place where it is hung. The ones that are, appear as hung uh, will generally have their uh, their tongue hanging out of their mouth and swelled, and their face bloated like a a hung person would appear. Mm -hmm. uh, there is another kind of evil spirit that will come and to pregnant women, and it will try and turn the baby into something evil. So that's why they have all those warding things around pregnant women um, to keep spirits from uh, changing the baby. One of these mm. types of things that will change the baby into is a um, a, uh, a matted ball of hair, fur, and uh, blood. And the thing when if she when she gives birth to it will try to run away and hide under the house. If you don't catch it and destroy it before it does that, it will come back and murder the woman. Okay. Yeah, pretty creepy stuff. <laughs> um, Very. Yeah. Oh, oh, this one's awful. Uh, sick weasels uh, is its English translation. What? There's three weasels that will run in a pack, mm -hmm. and the first one will run. They'll, they'll run past you in a blur so fast that you won't even see them. The first one will cut your legs off. The second one will grab the legs and run away. And the final one will sew up your uh, wounds. And it will happen so fast that you won't even notice them coming by. You will just all of a sudden not have legs. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what this one is. I just wrote hypocrite monks. I remember with the, there were, there were evil monks that turned into, oh, goblins it was. There's, if there's hypocritical monks, their spirits sometimes turn into goblins and then they um, will steal babies and take them back out into the wilderness, tie them to trees, and eat them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all of the. Okay. So let's just get into uh, a particular theme that I found among them. Uh, there's a particular type of demon that is a woman that... Um, is If a husband divorces her and runs away because she's ugly... She will turn into a fire snake and chase him down and uh, burn him alive. 
Uh, there's a, another one of a abandoned woman who died on a mountainside and her spirit goes around and freezes those that she finds into ice. There is an old woman who's thrown out of the village because she's no longer wanted. Uh, she goes around and she eats uh, um, human flesh and she continually grows until the point where she is a mountain giant. So old women mountain giants. The, there's an, another type, uh, a woman who killed herself after praying that she would be turned into a thing that would go down and hunt down her husband uh, because her husband had been cheating on her and had other wives. So oh she prayed that she'd be turned into something else. So then she went on a killing spree, went and found and killed her husband, her his multiple wives, and all of his um, uh, extra wives' relatives. I think this demon is an American. Um, everyone who saw her while she was on her rampage immediately died of fear, except for her husband, Ow. her husband's wives, and her husband's wives' relatives. Those ones she brutally murdered. Those were her uh, torture victims. Yes. Dang. Uh, then there was a a woman who, um, an evil spirit that said to roam around Japan that is uh, of a had a hideous face that happened because when she was uh, her husband didn't want to be married to her anymore so he poisoned her and oh. caused her she survived but her face became horribly disfigured and then she fell on a sword and killed herself and then she went around and haunted her husband until death was preferable to life um then there is a ooh a woman wearing a mask um <laughs> and if you, she comes up to you and she talks to you for a bit, um, uh, she'll ask you if you if she thinks that you. Uh, she'll ask you if she, if you think that she is pretty, and if you say so you no, guess if you're guessing as to her appearance, and if you say that she is beautiful, she will take off her mask and show that her face has been cut from ear to ear, um, and making her mouth you know just a, a really sure. big mouth. And she'll ask the question again if you still think she's beautiful. And pretty much there's no good answer to the question. Mm -hmm. um, one of the answers, she'll brutally murder you. And the other answer, she'll give you the same. If you say that she's beautiful, she will say, well, then you would want to look like me. And she will give you the same cut. I see. If you think she's ugly, well, she'll brutally murder you. There is a way that you might be able to talk her out of it, though, by telling her that she looks great, sort of, well, not like wonderful, but not <laughs> awful at the same time, and just be ambiguous the whole time, but not so much that she catches on that you're ambiguous. If she thinks you're genuine, genuinely being like, yeah, you're okay, then. <laughs> Would have been like, honey, you look like a bucket of fried chicken. would <laughs> <laughs> be like, what? What? Uh... I don't know what that means. Um, ooh, okay. Then there's like one every... that happened, another recent recent one. It's a, of a woman who got run over by a train and bisected. Jesus. And her her form remains where she crawls around on the ground, um, generally visiting people who are using the restroom, sitting down, and she'll crawl into your stall and ask you where her legs are. Hi. And... And if you can't tell her where her legs are... She takes your legs. She'll take your legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, like, every demon or a ghost in Japan just of women? 
pretty much it seems there i mean there's the uh the the demon um boy there, there are another one that i found uh this one's also very common but all of these other ones are like general horror stories that you hear mm-hmm. and i don't i don't really know what the story is behind all of them is this just like japan being like guys if you find a woman you like you better make sure it's the right one i don't know what this whole story behind that one is I, I I really don't know, but if you marry a Japanese woman... I would hate to be a, a divorced man in Japan. That's all I can say. Yeah. The the stories warn highly against it. There is uh, another story that I found. Uh, I did a little more researching into this. I'm like, wait, on earth is going on? So, before Buddhism came to Japan, there was a story of ancient Japanese mythology before Buddhism, before Hinduism... Mm-hmm. of a different religion and I, I didn't find a whole lot about it but there was these ancient gods and they created two other gods lesser gods who were going to go on to be the founders of the human race okay. and they determined that one of them was going to be female and one of them was going to be male so it's their version of uh, adam and eve yeah and the way that it worked is they determined that they would walk around a pillar and they would transform while they couldn't see the other one. And when they met on the other side of the pillar, um, then they would see each other and they would be uh, married at that point. Interesting. But okay. Um, it was it, it, it does have... Anyway, so they go around the, the pillar and the wife says to the husband, it's good to see you in such a form. Uh, you're handsome and that sort of thing. And the husband says to her, it's good to see you in such a form. You're beautiful and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but it says he was actually displeased by how she looked, but he went al- along with the theory and their marriage did not go very well. They had all these problems. Their first burnt born child was boneless. What? Boneless? Had no bones and was very feeble. So they put it in a boat and they sent it out to sea. Now, if I know anything about mythology, it's if you take a child and put it into a boat into the sea, you don't immediately drown it or kill it or something, and you just send it off into the ether, it comes back to haunt you once it grows up, right? Mm-hmm. The story does not mention what happens to that child after that. I don't know if there's if I'm missing the whole story. They're just like concentrating on the whole divorce, but it doesn't say. So I just wanted to point that out. Interesting. That, uh, if anybody knows more to the story about what happened to that child, if it came back as like, I don't know, the Lord of the Sea or something, <laughs> I, I would like to know. Uh, so genuinely <laughs> curious. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then they go through like a, a pseudo divorce and then they get remarried. But this time when they do it, the husband is the first one to speak. And as that is was actually proper, like he went and he talked to the the, the ancient gods and he's like hey what's going on why isn't our marriage working out like well it's because she spoke first and not you which kind of reminds me a little bit of lilith a little bit yeah anyway i i guess i'm not trying to look too much into the parallels but it's the idea of the the man becoming coming before the woman and that or whole thing um i think I, I don't know maybe i'm looking way too much into this and i'm spotting a freak coincidence <laughs> and I, I, i'm anyway um then their marriage worked out better after that, but then they eventually got another divorce and that one was permanent. Anyway, the whole idea was don't be like them, be good. And I think that that, that whole thing <laughs> maybe have been like the genesis 
because like the the woman turned into something else and like she chased him down and like she appeared as like a rotting body to him or something like that and then he was appalled by the rotting body and then she was saying that well that means that you don't actually love me and then he had to go down to um hades to find her soul and she couldn't come because she had eaten the food of the underworld which is very much a greek wow. copy not yeah. a greek copy but that's the same story than the greek one and like the story went on for quite a bit. I don't know. To me, they really need some therapy. Anyway. Yeah, I'd say. Um, oh, I forgot one more story. There was a story of the um, ancient, um, an ancient story of a Japanese woman. It, it's another one of the, the ghost stories that I was talking about before. I was just looking over my notes. I missed this one. This one, this woman is killed, I think. No, no. She's told that she's ugly. So she gets some face paint, some face paint, but the face paint ends up killing her. So since she goes around as a ghost later and offers the face paint. And if you take the face paint, you also die anyway. Okay. Yeah. It's like acid or something. Yeah. The Japanese have a bunch of horror story things like that. I I don't get it. Yeah. I I don't either. But here's the thing. It's clearly the moral of the story is tell your wife she's beautiful. Or she Uh, dies. (laughs) definitely believe it when you tell it because even if you don't mean it then it's still like you know the story of like follow all the proper rituals make sure you're doing everything right so that way you actually love your wife don't ever cheat on her don't ever think she's ugly don't ever abandon her take care of her children um and make sure that ghosts don't get into her babies um (laughs) all of this and also don't murder any women because they also might come back and get you. And then if a woman shows up uh, bisected while you're taking a dump, um, I don't wow. know. <laughs> wow, you're screwed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't understand the whole um, these women being ugly thing, <clears throat> especially in Japan. They're all gorgeous. Is that just like an outsider looking in? Like I don't know. Like, maybe. like do Japanese men... Do they not find Japanese women attractive? I don't know. But, uh, okay. So I watched this old Japanese movie and it is considered to be the Gone with the Gone with the Wind okay. version. Uh, the Gone with the Wind equivalent of Japanese films. It's like the epic saga love story, right? Okay. And in it, there's these two women and one of them is crazy and one of them is not. <laughs> And by the end of the saga, the crazy woman, like they say that she's she's supposed to be more uh, pretty than the non-crazy one. And people love the crazy woman because she's beautiful and they don't like the sane woman because she's not as beautiful as the crazy woman. Okay. Uh, and it's supposed to be they if you anyway in it, the main hero guy thinks that thinks the same thing. He thinks that the crazy woman is prettier. but he learns to love the not same crazy one? woman, the same one, because of who she is and not because of... Um, anyway, at, at the end, he believes her to be more, be- more beautiful than the... Um, crazy girl. Because of the beauties in the eye of the beholder thing. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. So maybe it's if, if, you, if you're a husband who is nagged on by your wife all the time, you eventually come to the point where you don't think your wife is beautiful. In fact, you think she's ugly because 
in the eye of the beholder, she is something to be feared and hated and dreaded because <laughs> she nags all the time okay. or something. Okay, sure. I can see So, that. So maybe the idea is... So I guess all Japanese women are just crazy, I guess? No. That's not the point I'm trying to make at all. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, in Japan, marriage is for life because it's... <laughs> I don't know. It really seems as though in Japan they they stress the um, be faithful to your wife or boy things are going to get bad. Always love your wife because boy the alternative is really bad. You might think that she's ugly, and if you think that she's ugly, then I want to I want to look up. Thinks, I want to look up the divorce rate in Japan. I'm really interested. Um, okay, that's it. Um, well, here's the thing: divorce rate is one of those things that's hard to measure. I try to look up the divorce rate in America because we hear that's 50-50, right? Uh, is it? Have you I heard that was, one? I thought it was more like 70. 70% of marriages in divorce? I heard it was 50%. I mean, we uh, have an expert. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I the, I tried looking up the stats one time, like the actual stats in America, and it was hard to find because there, there are people who skew the results. <laughs> right, right. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, from the Atlantic.com, Japanese is no place for single mothers. Uh, the percentage of marriages end in divorce. The divorce rate in Japan is considerably less than in the United States, but it's growing. About one in three Japanese marriages end in divorce. Four okay. times the rate in the 1950s and double the 70s. Divorce rate has slowed partially because fewer couples are getting married to begin with. Yeah, so that's one of the things that they, they, they say it in America, too, is... There are a lot of people who aren't getting married, and so it's hard to measure that because the the marriages that are still around are the ones that have been around for like 30 years, and then... But one in three marriages. And then they're talking about the marriages that are happening now, or maybe those ones last longer because the people who... Because there's less people who get married these days, the ones who actually get married actually are the ones that are going to persevere in the first place, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting and then stuff. St- and then there's the serial monogamists, uh, who are people who um, get married, divorced, remarried, divorced. Hey, how many people have you met that go through like five marriages in their lifetime? Me personally? I, I've, met, I've met one guy who's been married four times to four different women. That is I've a met, brave man. I've met another guy who's been married to four different women. No, he was married to one woman. Then he divorced her and married another. Then he divorced her and then married the first one again. (laughs) Then he divorced her and married a third different woman. And then he divorced her and then remarried the first one. So he's married to three different women, but he was married six times. He married the first one three times? Yes. Why? Why What was the point of going back to that one? I don't know. Some people are wrong. There's something wrong with people. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're uh, coming up on a break here. So sit back, relax. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Bizarre Conspiracy. And we're back from the break. Welcome back, everybody. After some technical errors on my part, we <laughs> we are back. And um, what you got left on that, Conrad? I want to hear your well, theories. I haven't finished quite yet. Okay. Um, there's two more. That I, I, I looked over my list. They're not the ones that fit into the um, uh, crazy woman killing because she was abandoned or ugly sure. or something like that. Uh, one of them is flying cloth. I mean, that's it. That's all it is. It's a cloth that flies around. A flying cloth? It, it's, it's a spirit that takes the form of a flying cloth. 
And when it sees you, it just goes over, wraps itself around you, and suffocates you to death. No fancy sword behind it. It's just a murder rug. So if you see a cloth just in the wind, <laughs> should you be running for cover? I guess. Uh, then there is the last one. There was a dragon. I mean, it was described as a dragon, a big lizard thing that had seven seven horns and 15 eyes. And the descriptor of it kind of sounds like a a biblical demon of some kind. Kind of sounds um, like it. Kind of sounds like the... Was it called the End Times Beast? Yeah. But it's making me. And that one got slain by a bunch of soldiers who were going to free hostages. Who, um, the, there's a whole story to that one, but there was a demon who showed up in that one and it appeared as a dragon like creature. Hmm. So, interesting theories. Uh, first off, I can't at all ignore the fact there are so many parallels to Greek mythology. And to Judeo-Christian um, right. stories, there, the the there's the whole Adam and Eve thing. There wasn't quite a flood story, I don't believe, unless that is what the uh, flesh uh, boneless baby floating on the sea turns into. Uh, perhaps I want to say I I remember hearing a flood story of from Japan. just a baby. No, 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 from just from Japanese culture, like they had their own flood story. Okay. And it reminded me, you, you've heard, um, of course, the story of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, right? Never heard of it. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just took all the wind out of my sail. <laughs> Did you know that there is an Oriental version of it? I think we might have covered this before in a podcast. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, but almost every culture has this version of the Little Red Riding Hood. And it goes back, so it, it, it and it it has the commonalities within it, which means that it, you know it all stemmed from the same place. And uh, those commonalities: the red cloak, a girl going to the grandmother's house with wearing a red cloak, and it's not always a wolf. In the Orient, it's a tiger, and it talks to them, figures out where they're going, goes there, eats the grandmother. And pretends to be the grandmother when Little Red Riding Hood shows up. And every version of the story includes the lines, um, Grandmother, how big your eyes are, or how yellow your eyes are, whatever it is that gives it away, uh, how how big your ears are. And the, the replies, better to hear you with, better to see you with. And so it's the same story. And every every culture has it, almost. And it just kind of makes you wonder... Are all of these the same religion that's all stemmed from like the same base? Has to be. So the question is, is it, is the stories in the beginning where they, you know, the true ones, are they of aliens? Are they of the matrix? Are they of, you know, actual deities? Right. What, what's the, the story here? Well, I would say that the stories are true because... Nobody would remember fake stories like that. Nobody goes, hey, I'm going to make up a story and then it's just going to have no point or any value that adds to her life. The Little Red Riding Hood story is a story that has significance because it is a warning that parents will tell their children to avoid sexual predators. But it's in such a way that a child can understand it and, you know, not have to... 
and, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, exact, I'll tell you when you're older, you know, that sort of a thing. Uh-huh. But it's like, okay, while you're young, let me just tell you this story about the big bad wolf. And just remember, if anyone tries and talks to you while you're alone and on your way to grandma's house, you know, stranger danger sort of a thing. And, you know, it kind of warns you about getting to grandmother's house. And if grandmother is asking you to do weird things like get in bed with them, you you and is acting like a wolf. Well, maybe it is a wolf pretending to be grandma or that sort of a thing. You know, just always be cautious, kid. Yeah. And that's why that story has persevered so long. It has a very valuable use to it. So I imagine that there is an extremely valuable use to uh, all of these weird repeating myths throughout history. Now, I don't know necessarily about the 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 woman trying to. Um, well, I, I think that there, there the story with all of these women, the repeating st- moral is, hey, you know what, people? If you don't treat your wife well, she's going to kill you. You know, wasn't there a TV show that ran not too long ago? It may still be running. And it's a story about women just murdering their husbands. Like, that's all they cover. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the true crime kind of style yeah. of the TV show. I think it's roughly that same thing. Of It is a moral of be a good husband or somehow, some way. Or you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of does make me wonder. There are so many things all over the Orient that ward off evil spirits. Like, what, what do you think if you're a wife and your husband all of a sudden one day is like, you know what? I'm going to put up evil spirit wards all over the house. Just no reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you doing last night, honey? It's not important. I was just out with the with the guys. Yeah, the, I was with the guys. You know. You know, those stories have got to hit different after <laughs> being an unfaithful husband, you know? It's like, hey, it is a cra- crazy, um, creepy story about a wife coming back and killing uh, their cheating, cheating husband. Oh, yeah, that's a funny story. Until, like, you're the cheating husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> that story's got to hit differently. Oh, I'm sure there's a... Yeah, I'm sure they're very afraid of the hero. You could you imagine like your your cheating husband, or or even if like even if you're, you're thinking about divorce and you want to get a divorce and you hear all these ghost stories of women who are divorced, uh-huh. and, and the um, your wife is telling this your your child's story before bed, and is like, and honey, would you would you get you know so and so water before they go to bed or make sure you know do this before we all go to bed. Oh, and Bobby, by the way, there was this one woman who went and found her divorced husband and totally stuffed a knife in the back of his spine. (laughs) I don't know. There's like a tongue in cheek to all of these stories. Like, and the moral of this is it's just a story of a woman and she brutally murders somebody. It's it's not that there's um, it's not that veiled. It's a. It's a obvious threat of some kind. I, I just mm-hmm. can't read it any other way. Right. Is that your so, theory? Yeah, my theory is these are stories that women have invented to scare <laughs> the living crap out of their uh, husbands. Out of their husbands. <laughs> if you leave and me, that I will is come wh- back as a vengeful ghost. And that is my theory on Japanese demons or Oriental demons or one of my theory right. or a possible theory. <laughs> but then again, 
maybe it's not a theory. Maybe it aren't uh, fake made-up stories. Maybe they're real. Maybe Oriental women have the ability to come back from the dead and kill their husbands. What do you think gives them that power? Well, you know how they say that there's always an Asian that will do something better than you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Asian dead Asians are still better than you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I, I think that has, that has a... Look, I'm sure if we all trained our kids at the age of two, uh, like these Asians do, sure we'd be good at a lot of things as well, you know? Don't do that. Conrad, if you had kids... Yeah? Would you, I don't know, en enroll them in musical classes at a young age or... Yeah. Or uh, self-defense classes or just, you know, any kind of... Uh, maybe not self-defense classes at any, a young any age. Any kind of, like, after-school activities to further expand their skills or maybe develop new skills. I mean, would you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I would because the closest I've ever had to having kids is having pets. <laughs> um, and I have tried very hard to teach every pet I've had some sort of a secret, huh? not secret, a trick, or I've tried to ch alter their behavior because we all know people who have pets that are out of control, you know? You all see the person like, oh, it's a friendly dog. It never acts like this. This is so weird. It's like, uh-huh. Right. Whatever you say, Karen. So I always tried to have well-behaved, nice pets that were clever and did things. Now, I always tried to do that, but I don't think I was always, I wasn't very successful. And I think that that, that would probably be my experience having kids as well. It'd be like, I'm going to enroll them in music and make sure that they can play um, instruments well. And it'd be like, no, dad, I don't want to go and play the I piano. Watch anime. You're going to be a loser like your father. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. So that that's, so yeah, to answer your question, I believe so. Would you, would you ever have kids without getting married? Um, no. Okay. Because okay. in the old fashioned way. Okay. Just make sure you don't get I'm, divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't think being a single parent would be an easy... Could you imagine trying to raise a kid without having a wife, Eric? Like, um, you, yeah. single man, raising one, maybe multiple children by yourself. No assistance. I think one would be the limit. You you would be... I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a tough task. And so that's why they say that being a single parent is a hard, sure. hard thing. Yeah. And I, I've seen the statistics on, you know... People who grow up with one parent have so many more challenges in life. So I don't know if so it's the thing of it's correlation, but is it causation? And I would say it probably is. I don't have any hard proof to back it up, but only having one parent and having makes sense that you would you equate to less parenting yeah. and this parenting, I think, yeah. is such a such an important part of your life and development. Absolutely. Has lasting influx your whole life. I would imagine that it is a causation. So just for the sake of the kid, I would imagine that I would be married. Mm -hmm. it, it just wouldn't. It, I think it borders on recklessness and carelessness to try and be a single parent. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, you're saying don't have kids because if you have kids and you have to be married, and if you're married, then, boy, you've got to be in it for the you're long stuck haul. for life. Because if you're not in it for life, <laughs> she's going to come and rip the skin off your back. Yeah. 
Yeah, try living with no skin on your back. It's not an easy task. I mean, that's... That is a fatal wound, my friend. And that's all after it, divorce court. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> because cause without skin on your back, I mean, it, you dehydrate quickly. Um, people who lose a large portion of their skin, if you lose like 40% of your body's skin, mm-hmm. then you're considered to be right on the borderline of what is considered survivable. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. I know that because uh, there was a comedian who was a burn victim and they lost 40% of their skin and they were telling the story about them surviving. And it was pretty much what their whole comedy routine was based around. Anyway. Wow. Um, That's horrible. So uh, the skin on your back, how, what percentage of that is of your body's skin, you know? <laughs> and if you get that ripped off, you're probably going to die. And it's going to be a long, painful, dehydrating. Like, just think, like, how many times have, like you, you flayed your skin on accident? Like you had a blade that slipped, cut uh, like a line and kind of peeled some skin off. Not like as a, a cut deep. It just kind of scraped some skin off. Those are very painful wounds. Imagine that's your whole back. That's gonna make sleeping so hard, and oh, you're just gonna oh, survive. Yeah. And then, and then you're living in the hospital, and well, that'd just be a, a terrible way to die. You'd be like, so and so got his skin ripped off by his uh, ex, and he survived in the hospital for 15 days before eventually succumbing to his wounds. I mean, your back is no joke either way. I can get so many. Yeah, and then and then can take into consideration of how. M- how much of it like getting like a back infection at that point would be that that'd be a death sentence oh my god just throwing the towel after that like yeah, pretty much oh and all jokes aside that comedian guy yeah he said that yeah suicide was definitely on his mind at one point that who was the comedian who's the comedian um i don't know i'll, I'll look him up and I'll, I'll have your answer before the end of the podcast <laughs> okay sounds good <laughs> interesting man i so when you told me you had theories about well more theories about the ghost stuff huh i thought you were gonna give me some more bigfoot ones ah uh, n- no <laughs> i was that's what i was expecting i was like oh it's gonna be good to listen to some more bigfoot um <laughs> uh, but you had a um you said you had one story france 1633 late in the night Jeannet woke up from a deep sleep to find a man standing over her bed. The strange man was weeping and begging for her to pray with him. But being afraid, she fled to another nun who saw nothing. But for the rest of the night, both of them were disturbed by strange whispers. Over the next few days, however, Jeannet began seeing a phantasm during the daytime. Still begging for her to pray. Other times, he'd whispered cruel and offensive things. Jeannet's skin crawled and it felt like... Her very bones itched. Soon many of the other nuns in the Eulusson convent of Loudon began having similar symptoms. Blood pumping and hearts racing. Voices would tell them to do naughty things. No matter how much penance or self-flagellation they did, it wouldn't work. Their confessor thought they were possessed by demons. So he began doing exorcisms, sprinkling them with holy water and praying over them. But they just cried out and started acting like cats and meowing. They contorted their bodies into sexual positions. So, of course, by the authority of God, the priest demanded to know who had cursed the brides of Christ. The eyes of one of the nuns rolled back into her head, and a deep voice emanated from her mouth. Ubon grandier. Well, 
Father Ubon Grandier was a French Catholic priest, but also quite a ladies' man. Yes, he liked himself a good sexual workout. He was believed to have a pact with the devil in a letter he wrote and signed in Latin backwards. This is that letter. We the influential Lucifer, the young Satan, Beelzebub, Leviathan, Limian, and Astroth, together with others, have today accepted the convent pact of Eubon Grandier. Who is ours? In him do we promise the love of women, the flower of virgins, the respect of monarchs, honor, honors, lusts, and powers. He will go whoring for three days long. The carousel will be dear to him. He offers us once in a year a seal of blood. Under the feet he will trample the holy things of the church, and he will ask us many questions. With this pact, he will live twenty years happy on the earth of man, and will later join us to sin against God, bound in hell, in the council of demons. And of course, that, that letter ended with more names of demons. Well, after the first Mother Superior passed away in 1627, a new Mother Superior was appointed. That was Jeannet. You see, she had been sent to the covenant because her hunchback and unattractive uh, appearance made her marriage prospects poor. Ambitious uh, Janae uh, manipulated and lied her way into being appointed a mother superior. Though the women ran the nunnery themselves, they still had to confess to a male priest. Janae was apparently obsessed with Grandier and asked him to be the convent's uh, chaplain, but he declined the honor. Or... Perhaps he was denied by the higher-ups because he was a perv and was not suitable confessor for the young, pure, ugly hunchback brides of Christ. Well, Fogner Midden was selected to be confessor. In 1630, some of the Grandier critics managed to bring charges against him for immorality. So the bishops, they found him guilty. But due to his connections to high political figures, he was restored to full clerical duties within the year. Shortly afterwards, the Loudon region was struck by a typhus plague, so the convents and other areas self-segregated to limit the sickness. While the plague mainly subsided after about six months, anxiety, paranoia, and other mental health issues were rampant among the citizens. By this time, Genet had been Mother Superior for five years, in charge of 17 nuns around the age of 25. And for a while, she stewed over the fact that Father Grandier was not the confessor. She worked herself into hallucinations, or she lied and claimed about those hallucinations that she experienced. Well, real or not, she confessed to Father Mignon about the visions of Grandier tormenting her. Father uh, Mignon and his assistant, Father Bear, hated Grandier. They promptly turned this in, uh, odd in situation to their advantage. Later, some of the nuns were to claim that Father Magnan harassed and tricked them into being possessed. However, this was never proven to be true, and curiously, during the possessions, some of the nuns seemed to speak foreign languages and even displayed superhuman strength, along with a lot of other insane symptoms. Six months later, these nuns were still acting possessed. Crazy. Grandier was then imprisoned for witchcraft. The priests resume exorcisms, but instead of being held privately, they were held publicly, as if putting on a show. Shortly after Grandier's death, he said, In thirty days, those who had conspired against me will have met their end. And that's exactly what happened. Several members of the trial 
that uh, executed him reportedly died. Alright guys, for some reason, the audio that uh, me and Conrad recorded together, the part where I did the story, just did not um, come out very well. There was a lot of audio clipping and stuff. I think it has to do with uh, something in my settings for my noise gate, but I had to re-record this for you guys, and I hope you enjoyed the story. Okay, back to the podcast. Yeah, who do you think uh, was responsible for the, the killing of them? Was it like... um? part of the demonic pact do you think or do you think that it was more of a so the the, the story says that the the ones that died 30 days later died of heart attack but what would have caused the heart attacks would it have been part of the demonic pact i think so because i think it was like literally within a few days of each other all drop kind of makes me wonder like why it is that all the exorcists couldn't do the exorcism do you think it's because maybe the covenant was like can you ex exorcise ex- Ah. Exercise. A person who is willingly possessed. Willingly? I would say no. So that leads, brings up the question. Were they in some ways willing about their possession? I don't know. Hmm. But I don't think it was Grandier who, even though he said, you know, within 30 days, I don't think it was by him, by his will, that they died. I think it was Janae because she was so obsessed with him. So... So you think that maybe she had some sort of a heart attack poison that she <laughs> was going around and putting in people's tea? Or do you think she was... I think she was also uh, into witch. Did something like uh, uh, sacrifice some goats and stuff? and Something like that. Yeah, okay. I mean, she does sound crazy enough to have been the catalyst for all that. Because she was the one who kicked it all off at the beginning. Pretty Well, not kicked it all off, but she's kind the of. one that... She certainly started it. And then it kind of... Grew out of her control because she didn't want him to die, right? Like she just wanted him closer to her. So, do you think that which one do you think happened first? Him, uh, her wanting hit, yes, her wanting him closer into the coven, or do you think that uh, his pact was made first? Because you think maybe part of her wanting him into the coven was because of the influence of the pact that he made. I think he had the pact first, yeah, because it would be interesting if the pact came second. Because if the pact came second, that obviously means that she was up to no good well before there was any demonic influence into it, which maybe during, do you think that maybe he could have taught her some sort of um, witchcraft? I mean, it's possible, also possible. And because that uh, they both had this shared common interest, maybe that's why. Oh, yeah, it would make a lot of sense why she was so um, hung up then, because they were both both students of the same forbidden art. But like I said, he was a ladies man. He wasn't interested in no or marriage prospect woman with a hunchback. So maybe she was first got him interested and then made some sort of a pact to get her him interest in her because she had already had because they, was she searched for some sort of a pact she made? No. Maybe she had a pact first and then that brought about him wanting to make his own pact. Possible. It's- Kind of a kind of a weird all around story. Yeah, I really don't know how I'm going to fit this next segue in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a um, okay. Because my next segue, I was going to try and find some segue into something that's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, an afterthought that I had uh, about last week's not last week's um, last episode, and that was uh, I was talking about the the giants, the the nephilim, Nef- mm-hmm. nephilim, the nephilim. And well, maybe, maybe I could, it's kind of related 
demons and babies and yeah. all of that. <laughs> it all shares a common interest. Um, so the demons, uh, it, I, I'm, I was wanted to read this one little bit out, uh, but I had lost it in my preparation in doing it in doing the episode. So when I got to that part, I was like, ah, where is this thing? It was a description of the Nephilim. They're not described very long inside the book of Enoch, but it, it was, it goes as, uh, after the, the women brought for, brought, brought forth from conceiving giants and whose stature were, um, 550 feet tall. These, they devoured all which the labor of, of man, of, of all which man produced and it became impossible to feed them. When they turned themselves against man in order to devour, then, I should say, not when, then they turned themselves against man in order to devour them. And they began to devour all uh, all beasts and birds and reptiles and fish to eat of the flesh of one another and to drink their blood. Hmm. This is, you said, from the Book of Enoch? Yeah, it was just something that I had, I had left out last time. I wanted to read that last time, but now I... Because, you know, if you read the, the book of Genesis, it's not half that descriptive. It's not half that crazy. No, that's that's, that's, that's pretty insane. Um, but it does make sense. Like, if you have somebody who is 300, 400, 500 feet tall, <laughs> trying to feed that would be impossible. So and I've got to thinking um, uh, that it's not very uncommon for um, in Greek mythology for the celestial like beings to come down and um uh, inter intermingle with the um mm-hmm. with the human yeah so i'm thinking well there was nothing like that in greek mythology all of the children that were given uh, all, all the children the heroes the demigods they were all humanoid and normal size and all of that but then i remembered that there are there were monsters that were actually the children of deities because you know so I looked up a list of Greek um, Greek monsters, you know, just the ones that they, they show up in the Greek mythology and occasionally the they'll bump into a hero and the hero will slay them and they'll just be like a side bit of the story. But I started looking into these these beasts and tons of these giants. There's um there's, there's many different. There's um less strong less who was the king of giants. Was the child of um, who was the child of Gaia actually and humans? So that Gaia is the god of goddess of Earth. She's one of the titans. So it's not like the the god. Uh, and then there was Mimas, who was also a giant, who was a god of another child of Gaia, um, and Hectetrius, who was the the children of Gaia. And um, some of the gods. So it got me well, wondering was one thing is maybe in Greek mythology, the children of Gaia and humans would result in something very similar to these Nephilim. But the funny thing is Gaia never came to Earth because, uh, you know, not, didn't come to Earth. Like if you if you think like the the um, the Greek gods would come down from heaven and then they would um, then have children with uh, humans, but Gaia would come would be from the earth. So if Gaia was to have children with uh, humans, where would Gaia come from? And then it, it struck me: angels were cast out of heaven and thrown to earth, right? And hell's considered downwards. So you, all, I was thinking, 
in my mind, I had it all wrong of like angels coming down and having children with humans, but it would have actually been the other way around things coming up from the earth, from Gaia, from which the um, creations would come from. Oh, Gaia is the, it was the Titan of earth. So the earth itself is Gaia. Demons would be coming from earth and not from heaven. It's just another tie-in from Greek mythology to the Nephilim. It's just something that I just wanted to throw out there. Be like, wait a minute. Is there another one that has similarities? Another thing that I ran across that was kind of interesting, though, in the uh, Book of Enoch, is all the... Now, this one's probably the craziest theory I've ever... Not the craziest theory. Maybe my craziest religious theory. Okay? That, is. that there is going to be another set of... Uh, creations after humanity uh like people or like people but not people because i was reading the book of enoch okay this is a very far stretched theory you've got the angels um um who are all the angels that were described all the demons were described as male and i'm thinking well isn't it odd that there was no female demons that would come down uh were cast down from heaven and all of that and then i got to thinking can you think of a single female angel? Mm, can't say. Surely there must be one. And then, can you take into consideration that when, if you're reading the book of Genesis, it says at the beginning, um, God created man, he created them male and female, female and male, he created them, right? You know that one? Yep. That verse where it repeats itself, like it's stressing a fact. It's like, well, obviously he would create the male and female. What else would he do? And then it struck me. Maybe there are only male angels. And maybe that's why there was such a stressful stress on the fact that there is only, that there was female humans. It's like, hey guys, I'm going to repeat this twice so you get it. Because whenever the Bible repeats something, the reason that it repeats is so it can be easily translated from language to language. That is why uh, the uh, biblical thing, it, it, it's like a Jewish poetry thing. If you go to like the book of um, Psalms and you read that, it'll say one thing and then it will say the same thing again, but different. It'll say it in a different manner. So that way, if you're translating it, it makes it a whole lot easier because you get two different translations um, of, of it saying the same thing twice in different ways. So it makes it easier for you to get the point across so that there's no interpret language. There's less of a language barrier that way. So it got me thinking, what if it was written in such a way that people who didn't have any concept of if it was being like, why would it stress that point so much? So I think maybe it's because there'll be another set of creations after humanity. So you have the angels who are all male. Then you have humans who are male and female. What if after humans, after angels, there's another creation and it's only females? Only female angels or just females in general? I, um, well, because you have male angels, then you have a male and female humans, and then it would be something else entirely, neither human nor male. Uh, no, no, well, yeah, <laughs> neither human nor angel, but then also different. Because like a lot of religions, you look at them and they, they always see humanity as the final creation, right? You know, like there's something else coming afterwards. But right. why would it make sense that you, we are always the end goal? Maybe we're not the end. Maybe there's a, something else that comes on afterwards. Just a thought. Interesting. Craziest far-fetched theory I've made so far. At least 
as far as religion's concerned. <laughs> Bit of a stretch. But it's just, okay. I don't know. It was it was like 11 o'clock when I came up with this theory and it hit me and I was like, oh, dude, totally. You know, one of those theories. Do you think why the angels rebelled? They wanted some female action? I don't, I don't know. That, that, huh. I'm your god, you didn't create a girlfriend <laughs> for me. I will rebel and go to Earth. <laughs> and God's all like, no, 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 no. You don't want a female. Trust me. They will come back and haunt you. <laughs> Oh, oh, that reminds me of another thing I found. Um, there's these uh, things called uh, Onis, Onis, which yeah, is, uh, a, um, they are, uh, so when an evil spirit, uh, evil person, a wicked person dies in Oriental belief, the, or at least this one that I was reading about, they go to a place of torment. If they're extremely bad, then they become these Onis. And these, uh, they are the tormentors of the people who are in the place of torment. Now, if they're even worse than that, then they are so evil they can't even go to afterlife, and they become onis on um, in um, in um, in the world. So, like you have like just a regular bad person who's I don't know dr- drug dealer who sells drugs to kids in school. <laughs> that yeah. person goes to torment. Then you have the person who's like a a murderer or something. They they I don't know kill their wife, and then their wife. Ghosts come back and haunts them and kills them. And then their spirit, they go and they become an Oni and they torture the person who was the person who sold drugs to the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're like the Joseph Stalins, then you get turned into an Oni and you look forced to roam the world. Yeah. It's like the, the degrees of ex- escal- escalation there. Mm. Anyway, just something you said kind of sparked that. Yeah. Anyway, that's about all I could find on Oriental Asian um, demons. Oh, that was good. I liked it. Yeah, well, I actually kind of am interested in in more of that sort of um, the Oriental type of because um, I, I really want to know because a lot of that stuff that they make, like the weird uh, ridged roofs and the, the the scary masks and all right. and the fireworks and everything is supposed to like scare away demons. So I, I kind of want to know more about, is it meant to scare them away, ward them away? How does all that work? What's the belief behind that? Who created that? Um, it, am I interpreting it correctly? Cause you know, there's just so much uh, about it that is new to me that I'm probably missing some pretty obvious points what do you do if your wife is haunting you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you wear? What's the, what's the appropriate charms that you need? Um, does garlic work? I don't know. Are they vampires? So I'm kind of interested if any of the, the listeners know more about this, if they would send us, I don't know, links to information that I've missed somewhere. I, I'm kind yeah, of curious about cool. that. But I, I'm kind of more interested in hearing from somebody who knows what they're talking about and not just me making Google searches and um, reading what I can find from people who have interpreted things from into English, but they themselves are not um, well-versed in that culture anyway. So Yeah, I'd definitely like to know more. Well, I suppose that will do it for today's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. And before I forget, Connor... <laughs> Totally don't abandon a pregnant woman. But that's just my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't necessarily take it from me. Take it from all those um, oriental 
horror stories. And I want to know, for all you divorced men out there, are you being haunted right now? Pay your child support. That would be a good thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) How to ward away the evil spirit of your wife. Eh, Be sure you're keeping um, proper payment. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the funniest thing if that, that, that was the ward that worked? Like your 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 ghost of your spouse shows up and like I'm going to rip you to pieces and you're like half some money okay but I'll be back in a month for more. I think she goes like afterlife shop. I don't know. I mean, some of them need cosmetics apparently. Oh yes. Well, that'll <laughs> that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. And we'll see you in the next episode.